Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Edubabble Emporium, where we discuss what is happening in public education with a common sense perspective. Tom O'Brien is a 30-year public school educator that believes that being bold and speaking truth and wisdom is imperative in today's world of lies and confusion. Welcome to the show, and enjoy. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Edubabble Emporium. My name is Tom O'Brien, and we are taking a bit of a turn off the road of education, and we are going to talk about abortion today. Let me read two very important quotes. The first is part of the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The second is from Democratic President John F. Kennedy. Now, on the question of limiting population, as you know, the Japanese have been doing it very vigorously through abortion which I think would be repugnant to all Americans. A very different tone than the modern Democratic Party of today. Abortion devalues life and destroys the lives of future students, mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters. As an advocate for children, as a public school teacher, I can think of nothing more despicable than the act of abortion. However, at the same time, I have sorrow for mothers that have been convinced, through euphemisms and messages coming from every which way, that killing their unborn child is noble. The aftermath of mental and physical anguish that these post-abortive mothers go through is rarely considered. From what I know, the fathers in these situations deal with their own set of devastating circumstances as well. Admittedly, I am awestruck by the highly effective and deceptive powers of pro-death advocates that have bamboozled billions of people over the years. Since 1973, 61 million American lives have been lost to abortion. 40% of them have been African-American babies, although they make up only 13% of the total U.S. population. Even more shocking... 1.7 billion lives have been aborted worldwide since 1980. Now, if you don't find these numbers shocking, then you have become numb to what abortion actually is. If devaluing the unborn has made us numb, then the meaning of life is marginalized. And you can see this with the astronomical escalation in violent crime, murder, drug use, suicide, and depression. Bottom line, abortion is stealing our country's soul. And we euphemistically praise this treacherous act by saying it honors women, protects women's health, and betters our planet. How sad. Identifying historical figures with racist roots and evil histories 
is one of the many talents of the left. Ironically, Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, is overlooked as one that perpetuated evil and promoted the racism and cold-hearted intent of eugenics, which is the cleansing of the human race. In Germany, where eugenics was treasured, Adolf Hitler's Third Reich had already followed this diabolical plan to its logical conclusion. He murdered thousands of the weak and helpless whose handicaps disqualified them for a future in the Aryan utopia envisioned by the Fuhrer. Sanger followed suit with the goal of eventually eliminating, in her words, the defective and diseased elements of humanity. Sanger moved from promoting private means of birth control to avoid the consequences of promiscuity. She was a big fan of the antithetical view of free love. To setting up protocols to assist states with eliminating the, in her words, dysgenic horror story of blacks who reproduced carelessly and disastrously. In her autobiography, she wrote about the time she spoke to a Ku Klux Klan group and advocated for a eugenics approach to breeding for the, quote, gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. Now, I would like you to listen to a short biographical expose on Margaret Sanger, produced by CBN. League, which later became Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger was no doubt a controversial figure with disturbing views on eugenics, race, and population control. While some argue she even wanted to exterminate the black race, others are trying to erase that part of her past. The Mike Wallace interview. In the eyes of some, Margaret Sanger has been a heroine. In the eyes of others, she's been a destructive force. In her own words, Sanger pushed for a society that limited births to those she deemed fit to have children. I think the greatest sin in the world is bringing children into the world that have disease from their parents, that have no chance in the world to be a human being, practically. Delinquents, prisoners, all sorts of things just mock when they're born. In 1916, Sanger opened the country's first birth control clinic. As a member of the American Eugenics Society, she advocated improving the genetic composition of humans through controlled reproduction of different races and classes. She often wrote about the issue in the journal she founded called the Birth Control Review. In 1919, writing, I personally believe in the sterilization of the feeble-minded, the insane, and the syphilitic. The most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the overfertility of the mentally and physically defective. Many point to a 1923 New York Times interview as proof of Sanger's racist motives, in which she referred to people as weeds, saying, It means the release and cultivation of the better racial elements in our society and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extirpation of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. 
Hayden Ludwig, an investigative researcher, has extensively studied Sanger's life and writings. She talked about the need for race betterment through, through controlling these weeds, basically undesirable people. In 1939, after opening another clinic in Harlem, the birth control activists launched the Negro Project, an initiative supported by black leaders, such as civil rights activist W.E.B. Du Bois. Critics claim the program used the pretense of better health and family planning for poor blacks in the South as an attempt to limit the black race. Ludwig says some on the left grapple with Sanger's past and how to interpret her legacy. They know when she writes about human weeds, they, they know that it's that it's it's repulsive. They know it's disgusting. The left will never abandon Margaret Sanger because if they do, the, she's the foundation of so many of their views. Sanger once shared her vision for a preferred race at a women's branch of the Ku Klux Klan, writing in her autobiography, Always to me, any aroused group was a good group. Despite those views, liberals praise Sanger's work while ignoring her history. I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. Her courage, her tenacity, her vision. I am really in awe of her. Ryan Well, that last clip was, of course, none other than Hillary Clinton, recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award. You know, how have the roots of racism continued to carry on Sanger's legacy at Planned Parenthood, the organization that, that she founded? Well, in a June 18, 2020 open letter from 300 former and current employees of Planned Parenthood, the employees noted a racially toxic environment at the organization. In the letter, the author said, Planned Parenthood was founded by a racist white woman. That is part of history that cannot be changed. They went on to say that systemic racism, pay inequity, and lack of upward mobility for black staff continues to this day. What do you think about that? Abortion is active genocide against minority populations. The Life Issues Institute reports that 86% of all abortion clinics are in minority communities. Do you think that is by chance? Though they are only 13% of the population, African Americans made up 40% of all abortions tracked in 2016. In the 1970s, when the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision legalized abortion, polling showed that blacks were significantly less likely to favor abortion than whites. Yet today in New York City, more black babies are aborted than born alive each year. And the abortion industry think tank, the Guttemarker Institute, notes that Quote, the abortion rate for black women is almost five times that for white women. It would seem that Sanger's vision of ending black lives has come to pass. Though, to be accurate, she also endorsed ending other ethnic groups' lives as well. Among those who advocate for the removal of statues, signs, and traces of racist ancestors, there is no rep retribution directed at the seriously racist eugenicist Margaret Sanger. Such hypocrisy. Consider Sanger's own words in an article titled A Better Race Through Birth Control. She wrote, 
Given birth control, the unfit will voluntarily eliminate their kind. Birth control does not mean contraception indiscriminately practiced, Sanger wrote. It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society. As an educator, it angers and saddens me deeply that on July 25, 2019, the National Education Association finally admitted what had been evident for years. They are unapologetically pro-abortion. At their annual 2019 meeting held in Houston, the largest teachers union in the nation passed new business item 56, which states in part, quote, the NEA vigorously opposes all attacks on the right to choose and stands on the fundamental right to abortion under Roe v. Wade. Another curiosity with this move is that the NEA is supposedly in the business of protecting the jobs of educators. Yet, it now publicly is committed to a policy that ends the lives of future students in the womb. So sad. And there is another element of the National Education Association that proves that they ignore a majority of their constituents. The Education Week Research Center surveyed a nationally representative sample of teachers school-based leaders, and district leaders about their politics and views on a wide range of K-12 issues. The 38-question survey was administered in September and October, October 1st of 2018. They surveyed 1,122 educators, including 555 teachers, 266 school leaders, 202 district leaders, and 99 other school or district employees. The results of the survey were telling. When asked whether members were very liberal, liberal, moderate, conservative, or very conservative, 29% considered themselves liberal or very liberal, and 70% considered themselves moderate to very conservative. 41% considered themselves Democrats, 30% independents, 27% Republicans, and 1% a third party. Now, that's 57% independent or Republican. Yet 98% of the NEA PAC money goes to support leftist politicians and causes. And 99% of the leadership positions in the NEA are leftists. Many of them are admitted activists. So, I would like to end this podcast with some very important words from a family friend and abortion survivor, Gianna Jessen. In this clip, Gianna is speaking in front of a U.S. congressional hearing in 2015. My sister, a volunteer and advocate in the pro-life movement, became great friends with Gianna over the years, and she has been her neighbor for over 20 years. Gianna, with God's grace, has overcome overwhelming odds to be one of the greatest pro-life advocates this world has ever seen. She has been blessed with wisdom and endurance to fight for the unborn. She has spoken all around the world, and she continues to do so until this very day. So please listen as Gianna speaks in front of Congress in 2015. for the opportunity to testify here today. 
My biological mother was seven and a half months pregnant when she went to a Planned Parenthood and was advised, and they advised her to have a late-term saline abortion. This method of abortion burns the baby inside and out, blinding and suffocating the child, who is then born dead, usually within 24 hours. And there should be a photo <laughs> there. Yes, this is what I survived. Instead of dying, after 18 hours of being burned in my mother's womb, I was delivered alive in an abortion clinic in Los Angeles on April the 6th, 1977. You can see a photo as well of my medical records. Um, my medical records state, born alive during saline abortion, 6 a.m. Ha! <laughs> Victory. Thankfully, the abortionist was not at work yet. Had he been there, he would have ended my life with strangulation, suffocation, or leaving me there to die. Instead, a nurse called an ambulance, and I was rushed to a hospital. Doctors did not expect me to live. I did. I was later diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which was caused by a lack of oxygen to my brain while surviving an abortion. I was never supposed to hold up my head or walk. I do. And cerebral palsy, ladies and gentlemen, is a tremendous gift to me. I was eventually placed in foster care and later adopted. And hear me clearly, I forgive my biological mother. Within the first year after my birth, I was used as, as an expert witness in a case where an abortionist had been caught strangling a child to death after being born alive. Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, said the following, the most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Planned Parenthood is not ashamed of what they have done or continue to do, but we will have to give an account as a nation before God for our apathy and for the murder of over 50 million children in the womb. Every time we falter, encourage as individuals, and fail to confront this evil, I wonder how many lives have been lost in our silence while we make sure we are lauded among men and that we don't offend anyone. How many children have died and been dismembered and their parts sold for our ego, our convenience, and our promiscuity? How many Lamborghinis were purchased with the blood of innocent children? The blood that cries to the Lord from the ground like that of the blood of Abel. Not one of them, ladies and gentlemen, is forgotten by him. I would ask Planned Parenthood the following questions 38 years later. I would ask them these questions. If abortion is about women's rights, then what were mine? You continuously use the argument, if the baby is disabled, we need to terminate the pregnancy, as if you can determine the quality of someone's life. Is my life less valuable due to my cerebral palsy? You have failed in your arrogance and greed to see one thing. It is often from the weakest among us 
that we learn wisdom. Something sorely lacking in our nation today, and it is both our folly and our shame that blinds us to the beauty of adversity. Planned Parenthood uses deception, the manipulation of language and slogans such as a woman's right to choose to achieve their monetary aims. I will illustrate how well they employ this technique with the following quote. The receptivity of the masses is very limited. Their intelligence is small, that the, but their power of forgetting is enormous. In consequence of these facts, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans until the last member of the public understands what you want him to understand by your slogan, Adolf Hitler. We often hear that if Planned Parenthood were def defunded, were to be defunded, there would be a health crisis among women without the services they provide. This is absolutely false. Pregnancy resource centers are located nationwide as an option for the woman in crisis. All of their services are free and confidential. They can be reached by texting HELPLINE to 313131. There is access to vital exams for women other than Planned Parenthood. We are not a nation without options. Planned Parenthood receives $500 million of taxpayer money a year to primarily destroy and dismember babies. Do not tell me these are not children. A heartbeat proves that. So does 40 ultrasounds, so do I. And so does the fact that they are selling human organs for profit. Do not tell me this is only a woman's issue. It takes both a man and a woman to create a child. And to that point, I wish to speak to the men listening to me. You are made for greatness. You were born to defend women and children, not to use and abandon us, nor sit idly by while you know we are being harmed, and I am asking you to be brave. In conclusion, let me say, I am alive because of the power of Jesus Christ alone, in, in whom I live, move, and have my being. Without him, I would have nothing, and with him, I have all. Thank you. Those were the words of Gianna Jessen. As Christians, I believe we must all be a voice for the voiceless. We must pray unceasingly to end abortion. But most importantly, right now, here on earth, let us walk alongside mothers that are in need of help during their journey. Whether they choose life or abortion, they need friends, prayer, supportive clothing, food, and assistance with parenting and babysitting. Pregnancy Resource Centers offer all of the above, and you will be able to find their contact information on my page. Thank you for listening to the Edge of Babel Emporium. See you next time. Now, I'm going to end with a song that is sung by Gianna Jessen. And this is a song that she actually sang at my mom's funeral in 2005. Enjoy.
With my soul.